the more I have valued how I feel and then the self-care actions like meditation, you know, taking time to commune just with my soul, you know, unplugging, going to the spa, eating amazing food. The interesting thing is the more I prioritize that, the less of less time I actually need for myself. Mm. It's interesting. It, it's like, it's like, it's like a ripple effect. It's like it, it, cause I have more space, right? And the more space and bandwidth that I have, the more efficient I am, the more productive I am, the more creative I am, the more everything. Hey guys, and welcome to the most new episode of Affiliate Live. Today, we are tackling the first episode leading up to the self-love 10-day challenge of becoming a Affiliate And self-love is extremely important today. The guest is an absolutely incredible coach, thought leader, spiritual guru. I'm sure he wouldn't classify himself as a guru, but after having done the episode, he's definitely <laughs> in that realm where you're gonna just fall in love with him through this episode, his ideas, his practices, and the very actionable strategies he gives us to cultivating more self-love and why that may be the most important thing you can do with your time and your life. So welcome, Oren Harris. Thank you. It's awesome to be here, man. first preface is that it is very possible that an hour after this interview, one or both of us could die. Mm, true. And so sitting in that and grounding in that and saying, this might be one of the last things that you or I get to create to help everybody. And this may be one of the last messages we get to deliver mm. and the wisdoms that you get to let come out on audio, on camera. And so just sitting with that and being like, okay, this needs to change people's lives potentially. Yeah. Like really sharing wisdom in a way that, that you think will live on and mm. help people of future generations. Mm. And the Got second it. preface is that I do believe we are floating on a rock in space, maybe in a computer simulation. Mm. So nothing is really that serious. <laughs> So if you want to find like, a I'll harmony, let you dance in between the two of those. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So nothing's really that serious. Right. But I do want to preface with those couple of things so that you can have an understanding of kind of where we're going to go on this journey. Yeah. And that, this probably this question is probably unnecessary, but how how deeply do you want me to go down the rabbit hole, right? In, in terms of where my unique perspective and my wisdom and and specifically in this area it there's it goes it goes deep right there's the things that i do in my self-care and my self-love and things that i do in self-care that promote more self-love and how that impacts my life um and then there's you know deeper things that i do that also promote that are also self-care and self-love that are uh, beyond the maybe more tangibly obvious things why don't you take me to the bottom. Take me to where mm. self-love for you started. What was the lowest point in your life? Walk me through the story getting to that point mm. and then walk me through what you've learned since then. Okay. One of the first things that, one of the first big revelations I had, which definitely connects to self-love, is that people-pleasing is like, a virus that almost everybody has to some degree so it's almost goes unnoticed 
because it's framed in a positive way, the ego sees people pleasing as something positive because it's an attempt to like connect or get, you know, to, to, to connect, right? And to be loving, to be a good person. But what I realized is that it's also a way to completely imprison your soul and your heart and, you know, the depth of who you are from really coming out into the world, right? Because we're doing this conscious or unconscious negotiation um, or uh, kind of transaction, you know, being a certain way or not being a certain way, doing certain things or not doing certain things, saying things or not saying certain things in order to gain approval or love. So I realized on a very deep level the absolute insanity of that and the, the imprisonment of that and felt the deep pain of not fully being myself. That was one of the first places that I realized it. And then I, I mapped out that if I were to keep playing this game, it's like a chess game. And I realized it's like a chess game with an infinite number of players and an infinite number of moves. And no matter how many intelligent moves you make, you'll never actually win. Originally when that came to me, I wasn't thinking in language or terms of self-love, but I realized that I was not loving myself and I was exchanging my own self-love and self-respect in order to try to gain respect and love from others to feel respected and to feel loved. And I realized that the more I did that, the further away I felt from feeling respected. I actually felt deep dishonor. I just didn't feel good at all. So walk me through this in, in concrete terms. How old were you? Where were you in life? And what was the situation where this started becoming really apparent? Yeah, it started becoming really apparent when I, I guess I was about, I don't know, 27, 20, maybe, maybe 28 or so. And I had just stepped into being an entrepreneur. And I feel like this didn't, this came up, it was catalyzed by being an entrepreneur, you know, and kind of having to be the creator of my own reality. Right. And then my, the, the power of my voice and putting myself, my, my work, my art and my things out there in the world, you know, required me to be, uh, free enough and love myself enough to do so. Right. And that's really where it came to my attention. So you first. were not putting things out there in the world? No, I was, I was a teacher and a coach. That's the only job that I've had. And then I took a leap of faith and I stepped into being an entrepreneur and I got into acting and then I started a business and then I did that for a period of time. And then I got into like coaching and speaking and mentoring and training. But what I'm saying is that when I left teaching and coaching, and even when I started acting and having my own business, and then that was my first entrepreneurial venture and then becoming a coach and a speaker, then the, my, it became essential that you know i'm putting myself out there my voice my gifts out there in a way that's really going to impact and so it became more uh it just highlighted it more for me um where i was in relation to being fully authentic and feeling great about that and also feeling kind of imprisoned in my own you know like there was just a lot more eyes on me a lot more uh opportunities to be self-conscious which then reveals all the places where like I'm people pleasing and altering my behavior or trying to get approval or and that just didn't feel good it felt horrible do you have any specific examples of that 
I think the most significant example actually was in relationship, even before in business. This was kind of happening at the same time. I was in a relationship and um, in love with this woman. We were like, you know, had the vision and all the things and her family didn't know we were together. It was a, a white woman from Arkansas and her family wasn't like overtly racist, but they definitely were not approving of interracial. And so we were gonna tell them at some point, but then her dad passed away and she was super close with her dad. So the family, so then it was just like created even more tension, which created more tension in our relationship. Cause like, man, we really can't tell them now. And then we wound up losing a child or she like, she got pregnant and was like, oh my God. So if you can imagine this, it was already a huge thing to tell them that we're even in relationship. Then it became even bigger when like her dad passed away. She's like, I'm not gonna put that on the family now. And then she gets pregnant on top of that. So it's like, oh, by the way, you know, dad just passed away and I'm dating a black man. Oh, and we're gonna have a baby. And so it was just like that sent our whole relationship into a tailspin. And I had so much desire for uh, to mend things and to uh, for things to work out in our relationship, and so much inability to do that, that that was the first kind of like explosion of uh, awakening and just feeling like uh, just feeling really bad, you know. But having a strong desire to feel for us to feel good and then also for me to feel good. So that was probably the biggest, first biggest catalyst that I wasn't thinking so much about self-love at that time, but it was directly connected to self-love, you know, because it was like I, how I felt about myself and my ability to be a good partner or to fix the relationship and all these different things and just deep, uh, the experience of deep failure in being able to do so. So ran out of ideas based upon, you know, everything I had in my toolkit, which then I had a kind of awakening, right? And I had to start counting on something deeper, you know, and, and really embracing the idea that I can feel good about myself independent of what's going on outside of me or my ability to do this or to do that. And so it started, did you discover that in the relationship or did the relationship it, it was happen? near the, it was near the end, end of the relationship yeah i started discovering it and i started start sort of seeing this kind of witness or observer is like oh wow i'm witnessing like what i'm saying and what's happening in the relationship and so i was kind of oscillating between like being in it and kind of seeing it and being like whoa that's crazy i'm saying this and then that and feeling this and she's saying that and like so then I, it was like, I was going from I, like the I that exists beyond, and then I that's in it. it, it was, I was oscillating back and forth. So then I was like, oh, it was like revelation, I'll save us, you know, which that doesn't really work, you know, but um, it really was one of the first catalysts for me really even having this idea of self-love be a thing to be explored because I wasn't thinking about it before. You know, I would say, generally speaking, I felt pretty good about myself. My life was pretty good. You know, so you could say I love myself to a certain degree, but the deeper levels of what that truly means, you know, and being able to source my sense of value and self-worth um, and, and have that be steady inside me, independent of challenges or life circumstances, that was the first biggest 
initiation for me into self-love. And then the second wave of that was, like I said, with my business. You know, but that even me recognizing that with in my business, it came as a result of that first big awakening. Mm-hmm. And so tell me, I would love to hear the story about how you managed that breakup with this awareness that started to come through and the period following that when you really explored these concepts more before uh, the business discovery started to become. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How I managed like the breakup. Yeah. Well, and like. Also, like, I love this idea that you mentioned where it's like there's the you that's like above it and like seeing what's happening and maybe the you that like lives in here yeah. versus the you that lives in here. Right. That's trying to like be perfect. Right. And how you either had the cognitive dissonance, like the dissonance between the two or accepted one or the other and the struggle until I assume now you sit a lot with like the, the heart orin versus yeah, the brain oh, orin. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent like primarily, you know, um, yeah, the navigation of that, I guess, was stimulated by the, uh, the, the things that didn't work, the realizations that, you know, what I thought I was seeking wasn't really the depth of what I was seeking. So it was a combination of failure and success. And when I say failure and success, I just mean like, oh, this isn't actually what I want. Oh, that's why it's not working. And then as I was releasing that, and when I say releasing, I just mean not pursuing it so hard with all of my might. Then that started creating space. And then I started seeing sparks or trickles of like, oh, this is what I'm seeking. And then I started experiencing what I was seeking. And then I started experiencing fulfillment and started experiencing a deeper sense of love. And I was like, oh, so then I had the, the stimulation like of what? both like of those. What? I'm really excited. Give me an example. Like what was something that you were like going towards that just wasn't working? And then you started to be like, you know what? Maybe that's not the thing I should chase. And so you put your energy somewhere else. What were the things? Like, if you had some examples from maybe the business life? Yeah. Well, I give you an example from the relationship, right? Um, even thinking what I wanted was to fix the relationship or, or what I wanted was, oh, I have all these insights. Like, now I'll fix this. Then I'll be happy because we fixed the thing that's broken. That will be the win. That will be the fulfillment. And both realizing that one that didn't work, but then realizing, oh, well, the reason it didn't work is because that's not, that's a distortion of what I actually want. What I'm wanting is to feel connected. What I'm wanting is to feel love. And that can be felt independent of fixing anything. And in fact, the very act of trying to fix something inherently has judgment in it judgment of our relationship, judgment of her, judgment of me. Not that I was consciously judging it because I saw it as something positive. So it didn't really occur to me, which is the realization of what I really wanted was, okay, well, if I, what if I can just accept and, and love, and I wasn't thinking the word love at the time. What if I can just accept? That's what it was. It was like more of a surrender, but in the surrender came the acceptance in the acceptance then I started feeling love and I'm like, wow, I'm still, I'm feeling love. And then I saw her innocence and my innocence and in seeing the innocence, then I was feeling even more love. I was like, oh, wow, wow. And I had compassion. I was like, we're just doing our best. And then when I felt the feeling of we're just doing our best, I'm like, interesting. I'm feeling love and I haven't fixed anything. And I was like, then I felt filled with love. I felt fulfilled. I was like, 
that's actually what I want. That is beautiful. And then, and, and maybe in the receiving of that, then there is the opportunity to build, to create, not to fix, to learn, to expand. There's a subtlety there that I realized that was profound. It's about not so much about what you're doing, but where you're coming from, right? And so when you're coming from love, then you're not trying to fix something that is broken. You're just creating because of love. When you're, when you're creating from love, it's just like, hey, I love this. We love this. Then now the intelligence in you, the, the intelligence of love, the creativity to create. Now that might look in a practical sense like, you know, we're making the relationship better. However, it's a vastly different experience when the relationship is becoming more enhanced and better, but just as a pure creation of love, as pure choice versus this idea, this belief that it's broken, which translates subconsciously to I'm broken. And there, you can't win that. There's, there's no, you, there's no good answer to the question, what's wrong with me when you're asking it from the assumption that you're broken. So no matter what you create, when that's in your consciousness, you're not going to be fulfilled. Even if you succeed and you're like, oh, this is broken. I fixed it. You're like, yeah, now I'm fulfilled. And you're like, why do I still feel empty? Why, why do I not feel fulfilled? I did the thing, you know, if we're in a situation like this, where in some respect we see like, there's something that's not working. I find myself focusing on problems all the time. I find myself trying to fix things in my business and my relationships, whatever, all the time. What would be some steps that I could take or what's a question I could ask or what's something I can do to go more to this love route if that's where I'm at right now? Sure, you can ask yourself questions like, hmm, what do I really, really want? What am I deeply yearning for? And, and the question is, the listening is just as important as the question, if not more important. And the quality of listening is to, to ask the question, but then to listen, to pay attention from a place of complete and unconditional acceptance. Because that's how you can receive insight rather than um, the insight getting hijacked by your own judgment of I should be here or I should be here, I should be doing this or I should be doing this. You know, ask questions that point you into what it is that you really want and more on a fundamental level. That can get you outside of the distortions of the, you know, the ego, what, it, what you think you want that maybe relatively speaking feels like it's fulfilling you on some level, but it's not, you know. Um, so, um, what do I really, what am I, what do I, what do I really want? Like in any situation, uh, what do I, what am I feeling? And the key to getting the insight out of this question, what am I feeling, which will direct you to your deepest desire that's maybe a little muddied, it's hidden within what you're feeling, is that it's okay to feel anything. That's Don't the, judge the answer. Right. That, that's, that's the space. The same way you probably, hopefully not everybody, would be with their child if their child was like frustrated or, or, or afraid or sad or something like that. You know, maybe you want to help your child feel better, but the way you would behold your child 
And even if you ask, how are you feeling or what's going on, you would ask from a place of, it's okay, whatever you're feeling. You see, and it's that type of space when you ask that question to yourself, to your child, to yourself, it's the space that allows the expression of the feeling to be completely okay. And when you're able to feel the feeling, then you can find clarity of what is it that I'm really wanting right now? Often the clarity is hidden within a feeling that we are resisting through judgment or through fear. And so let's say that the audience does this exercise and they pull out a journal, they sit with themselves and they ask, what do they really truly want? And they come up with some answers that are very different than their realities right now. What would your guidance be Mm. on moving forward with these answers, especially some of these things might be very hard to change. Mm. I was just, I just had a client over here recently and we were talking about certain things and things that were very hard to change. And, and this, I'm answering your, your question here. And it's one of the reasons something's hard to change, right? Cause you could say ingrained habits, patterns of behavior, can be hard to change, right? You've, you've programmed them in, right? But one of the things that makes something hard to change is that you're either still, you're still vested in something that you believe you're getting out of staying the same, and there's still something that you're perceiving of pain in changing, and usually what the something comes down to is just one feeling. It could be shame, it could be embarrassment and one feeling that you're actually afraid to feel. So I helped her locate, I'm like, but what is the actual feeling, right? Because her thing was she realized she was going 95% and 100%. She's like, that's illogical, I wanna go 100%. I wanna go for the 10 out of 10 version of everything that I want in my life, like why not, right? And then she's like, oh, I realized I've been going 95%. And then she realized that, oh, that was safe. And I was like, okay, but what's the nature of the safety? She's like, oh, well then if I fail, then I could just be like, well, I was, I was only 95%. I, I told you guys I was only 95%. I was like, yeah, but what are you protecting even in that, right? And then I got, we just peeled back the layers and it's like, oh, well then, you know, then I'd feel embarrassment. And it usually comes down to some one feeling and it might be shame, right? And so if you can locate what the feeling is that you're not wanting to feel, all fear essentially is a fear of feeling. You could say, oh, I'm afraid of losing my money. No, not really. I'm afraid of losing this. I'm afraid of losing that. I'm afraid of my business failing. It always comes down to a feeling. And this inquiry can help you locate what that actual feeling is so then you can love it. And when you love it, then all of the unconscious or conscious energy you're using to resist that one feeling, which is not loving yourself or an aspect of yourself, it frees up the energy. It might still be inconvenient, certain circumstances, that might still be uncomfortable. You might be like, it sucks, but you won't be afraid to feel the thing. Does that, does that make sense? Mm, absolutely. So then walk me forward. So you get through this relationship, you have this dawning of acceptance and, and you start to recognize like, what is what you actually want out of this relationship and what are you actually getting and, and seeing the dissonance between the two. Yeah. And then you said this started to enter your business life and you were coaching, teaching, acting. I was, I, I had a company and I was acting. 
that was phase two. It's like, so I had a traditional, I was, coach, I was coaching sports and teaching school. Then I took a leap of faith and got out of that simply because I fast forwarded to the end of my life and imagine myself sitting around with my friends talking about my life and being in regret, regret for the dreams I didn't go after or things that I didn't say or whatever. And so then I took a leap of faith and I got out of teaching and coaching when it was on the rise. So it's not even like I hated it, I actually loved it, it was going great. But something in my spirit was like, I could always go back and do that. I don't want these unanswered questions or these what ifs lurking inside me. So then I left teaching and coaching and one of the things I was interested in was acting. Um, and so I started pursuing acting. I didn't want to be a starving artist. I'd grown up around entrepreneurs. So I was like, I don't want to wait tables until I break, you know, my big break happens in acting. So then that's how I got into being an entrepreneur and I started the business. How long did it take for you from the moment you were like, had this conversation in your head about being around the poker table when you're old uh -huh. and like, am I going to have loved the life I lived? How long did it take you from that moment of realizing maybe staying as a teacher and a coach? wasn't going to be the thing you were the most proud of and that you wanted to at least try how long did it take to, to actually execute on that it didn't take that long to make the decision and probably because preceding that was all this relationship trauma and awakening and what happened in the awakening was i lost my ability i shouldn't say i lost that's not completely true i gave up my ability to act like I didn't know something that I knew. So even if it was uncomfortable to take a step and act on what I know, I, 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 I let go of my investment in acting like I didn't know. And that was that heightened awareness. And so that helped me along to execute because I'm like, well, I could act for six months or six years and avoid this one step that's in front of me right now that I can see very clearly is the way to go, even if I don't know how, even if it's uncomfortable. And so I'm just sharing that piece because that's a key piece to, well, how did he, so it doesn't sound overly simplified, like, oh, I just, I saw it and I was like, I just went and did it. Mm -hmm. No, it, it, was, it was uncomfortable, it was a leap of faith, but I couldn't act like I didn't know that that was the move. And so, you know, th that, that empowered me to do it, to answer your question, it didn't take that long for me to execute on it because I guess I didn't spend the extra time in the illusion of confusion, you know? And that's what happens sometimes just by not even energetically saying yes, right? It wholeheartedly saying yes, even before I even took a move, one of the things that takes more time to do something is not because there's a lot of unknowns, because we haven't figured it out, because it's hard, because of whatever. It's because we actually are still internally negotiating and our whole heart and mind are not actually in the decision, even if, we're, even if we say, I'm gonna do it. And so for me, that's something I learned in this awakening. So I was like, well, I know what I can do and what I will do, independent of all of these unknowns or any fear is like, I'm gonna do it. I don't, I, I'm not gonna, it was the same phenomenon I kept being in my awareness. I'm like, I don't wanna three years from now circle back to the same moment in time and be like, and then act like I didn't know now and, and, and reveal it to myself again in three years and be like, oh yeah, we actually wanna do this. And then be like, oh, I wasted three years. And so I took that option, I took that uh, away from myself.
So that helped me execute it faster. So you decide, you energetically clear it with yourself and you're like, I'm doing this. What does that look like? What, well, did, what did you do? What did I do? I went and talked to the athletic director, which was a, one of the key people in hiring me for my teaching and coaching position. And I shared my heart with him. I didn't just say, hey, I want to I leave. In fact, I shared with him what I was thinking. I shared with him that I, wanted, that I was going to leave. But I also shared with him why, right? Which was really a sharing of my heart. I shared with him that it's scary. I shared with him that it was confusing even, right? I was like, wow, like the kids love me. You know, my sports teams are doing great. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. But I shared the thing with him. I was like, I don't want to get to the end of my life. And just, I shared that feeling with him as well. So that's what I did. And in doing that, that is a form of, now I would look back and say self-love. It's a form of, it's an action that is indicative of receiving myself by being vulnerable and by sharing that, that is me kind of uh, giving value or saying this is valuable. And so then what it allowed to come back to me was him then saying, hey, we love you here and like, I get it, man. Like blessings, go. So then I got to receive that, but I received that because I was willing to take the action and share, even though I was kind of like, oh, what are they gonna think? And all the kids and the kids love me and I'm all integrated in the community and we, we just won a championship, you know what I mean? And so I did that, but again, part of me doing that was it was so clear to me that that was the thing to do. When I tried on these other options of like, oh, I could just quit or I could just go in there and say, I'm leaving, it, I felt the emptiness again. I felt the regret. And so that, that, and I started to become familiar with like, oh, that's not gonna feel fulfilling if I just go in and I give him 60% of the story and not 100%. So I literally would try, this is what I did. I tried on these options. I was like, oh, this feels uncomfortable. I could just, I just need to go in and, and resign. And I felt that, felt into that. I was like, oh, I didn't feel fulfillment. It felt uncomfor uncomfortable, but then I imagined going in and telling him my thought process and sharing my heart and also resigning. And that felt more uncomfortable, but I felt fulfillment. I felt a, I felt that. So I was like, that's the choice. Because mm. I'm going to be, because if I don't do that and I go in and I resign and I get it out of the way and I move on, then it's going to be lurking. It's going to be haunting me that I didn't have that emotional connection, that I didn't actually share, that I didn't even give the opportunity to get what I really wanted, which was, I mean, not from a disempowering place, but I wanted his blessing. I wanted, it, I wanted understanding. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be understood. Like it's not anything about the kids and all this. And like, I don't want to leave you guys hanging, but I, I could feel, wow, I'm going to regret if I don't actually share. And so it was interesting. It was like, that was uncomfortable. That was uncomfortable. This actually felt more uncomfortable, but it's where the fulfillment was. And so then I acted on it. So that's what I did. And then the next step from there, you know, I started um, pursuing and, and researching and looking around like acting and I was like, you know, looking at these conferences and I, I was pretty intuitive already. So I was like, oh, that feels like BS and BS. And you're like, oh, we'll teach you to become an actor and get you an agent and all this. 
Um, and so then I started, I started pursuing acting and then I eventually wound up getting an a agent. And then I was like, Oh, I got to make money now. It's not like I, it's not like I s saved a half a million from teaching for four years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so then I was like, Oh man, it like, it, it got real. I mean, I shouldn't say it got real. Cause I already knew going into it. it was like, I don't have a lot of savings. And so then I was like, I started working. I don't know how much detail you want in terms of exactly what I did, but I, I, I ran into a friend of mine from college and I told, I, again, I shared, I just, mm. I just kept repeat sharing. This is what I'm trying to do. You know, I shared my, my concerns, my fears, my aspirations. And he's like, Oh, I have, I have a moving company. If you just want to make some money and have some flexibility to go on your acting auditions, then, you know, come and come and work for me. And I knew it was a temporary thing. So I started doing that. Would you say that, cause it, now I'm connecting a dot. This is multiple times you've shared this where by sharing that, what you really want with people, yes. they will want to help you. That's exactly what happened. And I didn't read that in a book. I just, it like, it's almost like my higher self just in the deeper awareness and the deeper authenticity of discovering who I am. I realized that. You and know, it was that 60% of sharing versus a hundred versus that versus a hundred percent. Right. Which, now has that shown up in your life consistently since then? Um, just the recognition of the, the hundred percent versus the, by you sharing the 100% has that shown up for you in positive ways since then? Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge. So can like, I ask you huge, what, what's your 100% right now in regards to what, what do you want? What I feel most alive inside of me when I feel the energy of desire is to make a bigger impact. And, and when I say bigger, I don't have the hallucination that one version of impact inherently is bigger than another, but it's more of a recognition of the amount of bandwidth and intelligence and wisdom and energy and capacity and giftedness that I have and wanting that to be even more shared. Like I, the way I'm sharing it right now feels a hundred percent. Like I feel a hundred percent right now when I'm with my clients and it's just, there's so much more in me, not that I should be doing, but that is wanting to be done and that I'm capable of. I am a space for, I have space available for. So I would say that's, that that's the kind of deepest, most primal yearning inside me that is inspiring and sometimes irritating, you know what I mean? But the irritation is just, it's, it's coming from the, I mean, it's coming through the self, but it's the recognition of I'm capable of, and I'm available for, and at the same time, my, my, my life is going extraordinary and I do honor that I'm making a huge impact. Um, and so that how that's translated recently, um, in a, in a literal sense of, you know, kind of following this process, if you will, is recently a buddy of mine was here and he was going to speak at a, at a big conference and he'd spent the night and I was like, um, you know, oh, have an amazing time and whatnot. And I, 
I was like excited for him and then you know he left and I was like you know have an amazing time whatever whatever and then later that day maybe about an hour later I felt a sense of irritation inside me I was like that's that's weird what would I be irritated about I was having an amazing day everything was going amazing but when I tuned into it and this this is something that could be put into a process when I tuned into it without judgment I, I was like when did I start feeling this because I see it as information I see it as something to love and I was like oh it's when he told me he was going to do this big speaking event. I'm like, okay, but that feels amazing. I was like, happy for him. But why would I feel irritated? And then the next thought came in was like, oh, I should be doing that. And I was like, I was just being with that. And I was like, okay, that doesn't feel true. That feels like judgment that I should be. And I was like, oh, what's more true? I was like, oh, I would love to, I want to, I see myself doing that on a bigger scale. And, and then I looked at that and I was like, okay, but, but why do I feel irritated though? Cause that's still, cause I'm not, I'm like, I'm not judging myself. So why would I feel irritated? And then I realized that I'm, I was saying just per my vision that I want to, yeah, I even said it to you last time we were here. I was like, oh, I want to speak at, you know, the Mind Valley event or whatever. And I was like, I just want to speak more. And I'm like, I'm saying that, but am I really fully expressing to what depth is that transmitting to the people even that I've said it to. And then I realized there was a gap between what I was saying and what I was doing and more importantly, how embodied that was and how fully I was like, transmitting that. And I was like, that's why I'm actually irritated. So I was like, no big deal, you know, forgave myself, got an integrity with that. And then, then that sparked as an action I reached out to Jason. That's why I saw him recently. I was like, I told Jason I want to speak more now, but I'm like, but I didn't share fully with him. Like, ah, dude, like I'm frustrated and inspired. And like, if you got anything, I'm like, oh, I didn't 100% communicate that to him. Mm -hmm. So then I, I hit him up. I was like, it doesn't even matter what the outcome is or if he has any information to help me because I'm sharing the fullness of my heart and letting him feel why you know, my, my why and to feel that deep yearning, which is what now it's happening here live with you on the camera. I'm like, that's the full, that's the integrity. And that's what was missing before. So yes, I've continued to do that in my life all the way up until this moment right now. Cause oh, I now I'm it. just telling you like, yes. like, bro, like I am, my spirit is, is lit. And I feel like my, I'm it's catching up. Lit. It's lit. Yes. <laughs> on fire, literally. And I feel like I'm, in the most positive way, I'm catching up to what already is, you know? So, and so for people at and home, that is that, by the way, that to me, that sharing and expression, even of a desire and service is an act of self love. Cause you have to be, I have to be valuing this fire, this sharing, this desire, it, I'm by virtue of sharing it in that way, I am saying it is of value. And so there's love in it. And so that, that's what I started learning these little intricacies of self-love in action. Cause self-love can be kind of an ethereal concept outside of the self-care part of it's more tangible. It's like, okay, I'm doing these things, but these little subtleties became my more advanced Jedi level of self-love. I'm like, oh, and that's why the feels fulfilling, just sharing my heart or even asking, regardless of 
what comes from it. What would be um, something that we could do if we wanted to go through our lives? Uh And when you start asking yourself, like, after hearing this story, I'm so inspired to say, like, okay, what are all the things that I'm not sharing in every category of my life? Yeah. How can I get a hold of that and make it manageable and sustainable and keep it in a place of like I'm inspired to voice these things in every area Mm. and not overwhelmed what can I do not get overwhelmed by the thought of sharing it well and like there might be 20 things right so so I wonder yeah sure that that's that's a great question anytime we get overwhelmed we know that the mind has come in and it's taking things too literally Right. If I took this literally and I was like, oh, I've, you know, I've been speaking for a while. It's not like I'm not speaking, but like I'm looking at my next level. If I took it literally, then it would be like, then, then I'd be like, oh, there's all these different, there's all these unknowns. I don't want to overwhelm myself or anybody else with, I don't know where to start. That's the mind getting too involved. And so what you can do is just zoom back to really at a baseline level, it's the receiving and the choosing to to do the thing to speak more to, to to impact more right and so if i get overwhelmed i know that i'm i'm it's basically the mind taking all of the unknowns all of the unforeseen steps all of the details and all the energy of it and it's being processed through the mind which then makes the the mind and the body feel overwhelmed so it's just like get back to the the, the essential back to the essence that's how I don't get overwhelmed and that's how I, I coach my clients. I'm like, I'll say things like, okay, yeah, you wanna you know, start a YouTube channel and, and, and make it go global or whatever and you've got all these ideas and go do your first Facebook Live. That's not a little action because it's representative of you expressing this energy now. Don't underestimate the impact and the, the momentum in you just doing this one thing don't look at the big idea as if once I accomplish all of these things, then I'll be who I want to be. It it's, it's accelerates the moment you choose to be it and then to share it. So I saw that, and this is how I to answer your question, how I didn't get overwhelmed. I saw that action that I took even sitting down with Jason, not as a little thing because I wasn't measuring the outcome. I was measuring the authenticity of my expression and I, and I just understand energy. And I'm like, so the world is hearing me that like, yo, I'm ready for this next level now. That's how I don't get overwhelmed. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, and, and one of the things that another action that you can take is if you take your, your closest friends, your inner circle, your mastermind, anybody who's close, let's just say it's 20 people you have that you would consider your inner circle and ask yourself a question. And I'll ask you this question and whoever else is listening, be honest with yourself, take your biggest dreams and aspirations, your deepest yearnings and ask yourself the question, can you honestly say that these 20 people in your inner circle could tell you without you saying anything, they could tell you what your deepest aspirations are, your, your grandest visions are, and not just that, because you might have told them, if they can't tell you why, then you have not fully shared. Even if you, because you can share verbally, like, oh, I have this vision, right? You could share the vision. You could bring more spirit into it if you're like, and I'm inspired by it. So now you've got the physical and you've got the spiritual, right? 
spiritual just meaning like you're sharing your enthusiasm. It's not like, oh, I want to do this thing. And you're like, and I can't feel you. So there's the physical, that's the level of precision and clarity about this is what I'm creating, right? Then there's the spiritual. This is great, it's just coming to me this moment. Then there's the spiritual and that's the energy of inspiration or enthusiasm or excitement where people can feel the spirit of the vision. So they've got those two checked off, but that's not the whole thing. The other one is the magnetism. That comes from the feeling and that comes from the heart and that comes from, but why? Like, why do you wanna impact more people? If I just said, hey, I wanna reach millions of people, right, for example, but you couldn't, I wasn't connected to my heart or sharing my heart, like, why? Why? Then, yeah, you'd have information and you'd be equipped to, to give to me, but you wouldn't be 100% equipped. You're gonna only gonna be as equipped as I'm offering you this full transparency of my whole self. And so the exercise, to just loop back to that, is just ask yourself if you listed five things that were big dreams of yours and just go through you know in terms of the the clarity which would be the most obvious level like do they know your grandest aspirations and visions do they can they feel your enthusiasm in that and do could they tell you why and i'll add one more category so that's one two three do they know your deepest fears you see, because if somebody knows your visions and they have the clarity of that and it connects in their brain and they can also feel the spirit of it, it connects there and they can also feel the heart of it and they can also feel your fears or considerations, then that person is equipped at least through their channel of whatever synchronistically connected to them giving to you is now 100% equipped to flow whatever, whatever's coming through them to you. And that process itself is a mirror of how much you love yourself and how much you love yourself, which would include how much you love your own visions and desires. So that's, that's, that's a fantastic process. And what will happen for a lot of people, including me, is you, you might see that, wow, okay, Skip, for example, I spent time with Skip and all these people I'm close to, and you know, and I know their greatest aspirations, their deepest fears, I'm intuitively connected, I get downloads for them, I feel capable of giving to them, giving to them. Do they have the equal capacity to give to you? Or is, is, do you know what I'm saying? Like, do, do So I have a question for you yeah. that actually, like, we must be like synced up right now. Yes, Because the, <laughs> this next question is lined up with exactly what you just said which is, okay, so I feel like this has just been so much incredible wisdom of how do we build our self-love? Mm. And if we're not currently there, there might be some serious effort to get there and there might be some serious changes that have to undergo so that we can really be living in a state of self-love where yeah. we really approve of everything that we're saying and doing and feeling. Yeah. What if we are on this journey and family members, loved ones, significant others, kids, grandparents are around us mm. who are not on board with their own self-love and how can we either help or should we help or mm. what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question because that's probably one of the number one things that, that slows us down or stops us from moving forward is the connection and love we have with others and the threat of feeling like we could lose the connection and love we have with others, right? And so I would say that on a practical level, 
it's not maybe practical is not the word you know be intuitive and discerning about what you're sharing and with whom but that this i'm saying that with such a delicacy because in order to even be intuitive and discerning about what it is that you're sharing you kind of have to do this other thing right which is love yourself enough to speak your truth to be your truth to speak your heart regardless of what the outcome is going to be it, it doesn't even matter if it's hard or uncomfortable the very act of doing it is showing that you're willing to to be that right and it's 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 hard especially if you have a lot of tension around you or a lot of fear in doing that it's hard to do the second thing which would be oh let me just feel into it and be discerning maybe i'll maybe i should not share this particular thing right that's that's wisdom but wisdom is hard to get to without love and and love is 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 the more wild side meaning like it's like all right my my intentions are pure i'm clear about you know my intentions are pure and i'm willing to share my heart deeper to get into that place of integrity of like it, it could just be down to one conversation like i have a, a client of mine who's a, a coach and an entrepreneur and for him it's just come down to one conversation with his mom but the key in that one conversation is for him to leave it all on the court in in probably what feels incredibly vulnerable and like maybe opening himself to being hurt or to whatever daggers might come flowing his way but the real success in that which is incredible self-love in action is and he's he's at this place now it's not about how she responds it's independent of whatever judgment or whatever be coming your way can you with the intention of just liberating yourself and being connected to yourself and loving yourself and of course giving the other person a real opportunity to meet you in that will you just do it you see it's, it's hard to tell even if we're giving a person a real opportunity until we know we've actually gone 100 percent and so for me that's how i've navigated that and you know i have compassion for myself and i'm like i may not throw my i may just like dust myself off be like but i know what the feeling of integrity feels like like on a heart level of integrity it's like you know what i gave this person every opportunity to see me and and to understand who i am and to give them an invitation to meet me in that then if if you like start choosing like oh maybe i'll walk away or maybe you know taper down the the relationship or kind of you know uh then you'll feel better about doing that but what happens is if people avoid this part and then they try to just adjust it on this level which is i'm going to cut that person out of my life or we won't talk that much then something feels incomplete inside them they won't still feel fulfilled and that might be because subconsciously they know they didn't actually give the real the full 100 percent. and it literally i i'm just to simplify it, it could literally from an energetic standpoint boil down to one conversation like have you actually shared without trying to defend without people pleasing without being like oh i know them and they're gonna do this thing without and just like this is who i am then then you you could walk away if you want there are a lot of possibilities and, and people in our lives that we do this with what would you recommend because some this conversation uh -huh. especially with like a mother a father right, a right. significant other this can get heavy and it oh, might it sure. might take some time too for to sure. really lay this all out how would you recommend uh, we go about like setting up 
times for this conversation or an environment for this conversation so that it can really happen in a beautiful way? Yeah, just being clear about your intention is a very, I mean, a very simple but powerful start. Just be clear about your intention. And if I'm working with someone on this and I, I help them get clear on their intention by seeing what it is and by seeing what it isn't, because remember, there's always like the, there's the clarity and the purity of your intention and then there's the distorted version of your intention, which is usually some form of like, well, you know, I don't want them to think this. Like if you're already thinking I don't want, then you're, that's not what you want, obviously, because that's keeping you in protection, which is keeping you not fully sharing yourself, which kind of keeps you in the cycle. So being clear about your intention, the purest form of the intention, not the secondary offsprings of your intention. Like for example, I said earlier, like your intention is to liberate yourself, right? To love yourself. And then maybe a, 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 another, uh, what you're open to is you're opening an invitation for someone to meet you. But what you, the intention is not f so that they meet you. That's not the actual agenda. I'm gonna say this so that I get this. You, you wanna go in and set yourself up for success independent of the result. And that's a matter of tuning in clearly to what your intention is. So once you're feeling the clarity of your intention, right, and understanding it, then when you communicate it, which is another step, you're gonna be more energetically clear about what your actual intention is, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's how you set the space, so that's the there, there's the physical space, like, hey, let's get together over coffee for an hour and let's talk about these three things. There's the physical space, but what I'm saying is step one, get clear about the energetic space. So then when you go to set up the physical space that is conducive to what it is that you're intending to do, you'll be able to articulate that in a way that's clear instead of leaving open, you know, like a, just for it to be wobbly. And then the physical space might just be like being clear about, hey, Skip, I want to, you know, I want to talk with you and here's my intention and here's why. See, it's repeating that process of like, because if a person knows why, then it doesn't matter their opinion about it. At least you've given them the clear clarity of like, here's why. So it, it minimizes, I'm not saying it eliminates, it minimizes the potential of going down rabbit holes that are unnecessary, um, yeah. And then the person has the opportunity because they're seeing you clearly, oh, this is what you want, this is your intention, this is why. Then if they opt into it, they're opting into it from a more clear space, which is almost demanding some clarity from, from them because they're meeting you in that intention. So I appreciate the question because like we can break this down like to a, to a science. Um, and the other thing I would throw into that is just realize that if regardless of the result and regardless of how big it is or how many times you're doing this, just receive it as, wow, this, this is what self-love feels like. You see, because there's the prize right there. There's the, the ultimate prize. It's not only what self-love self -love feels like. If you show up in anyone's reality like that and you're actually in that space within yourself, then even if it's uncomfortable, you're able to see them in that. So it's actually the greatest gift of love to them, right? Absolutely, it's that trust. It's right, it, right. exactly. It's them feeling that 
you trust them like if like you sharing with me which i'm sure is going to happen today now like what you really envision for your future uh-huh will not only a allow me give me the gift of being able to help you yes with that but also you getting the gift of sharing that right completely and then now we are better friends like i remember i actually went jason goldberg was the first person that i probably opened up to mm. in my life like oh, wow. like in this level that we're discussing right, right now right. where i was always executing on my dreams i always had big dreams and i was doing those things mm. i didn't have anyone to share it with i didn't share any of the fears that i had with mm. anyone i just did the things and people were always amazed right, right? right and then one time i just called up jason and i was like i don't feel like anyone really knows like what I'm going after or understands like how hard this has all actually been. Mm. And then we just sat down and he was like, after that conversation, he's like, that's when we became real friends. Right. And that was just last year. Right. Mm. And that's a perfect example of like the thing you really want. That's actually going to fulfill you. is just on the other side of what you may think you want, you know, cause it, it's like, it might, the thought of doing that to the self might feel like it's uncomfortable and that's what it can make it seem like that's not what you want. But then you do it and then you realize, oh, that's actually what I want. Maybe the route to getting there was just releasing the resistance to the uncomfortability, but hidden inside that is the true desire. And that's, you know, I've done that so many times over and over that it doesn't usually even require a process. I'm just clear about what it is that I really want, you know, and, and I'm willing to die into that. So the willing the, the die into it part is just would be the uncomfortability or the feeling that's like, Oh, anything. I don't want to feel that one feeling. I've done that so many times that clarity has maintained itself as more of a natural state, the clarity of like, Oh, this is what's true. This is what I, what I want. And my willingness to share that transparently with myself, and with others, I, you know, over time just clears that channel to where my, that's why my channel's pretty consistently clear, you know? Okay, so you just brought up something super important and valuable, and I have two questions left for you. Okay. This question is, you said that your channel is mm. open because you've got that sense of clarity. What are the habits so i have this whole thing where i don't believe in advice because no one really understands each other but we mm. can empathize with each yeah. other what would you say the habits are to keep that channel of of clarity of feeling what you really want open like what are the habits we can practice outside of what we've already discussed sure yeah i like to give habits and i'd like to, i like to also give the thing that makes the habit easier to execute on Right. And so one habit is, is just simply speaking your truth, your heart's truth. All right. The th and I'll say a little bit more about that. The thing for me that allows me to gain, allowed me to gain a momentum on executing on that habit was falling in love with truth. And the thing that helped me to fall in love with truth was the deep, pain and the, the deep pain of not being in truth and the deep, the high inspiration of being in truth 
helped me fall in love with truth, which is the same thing I was saying earlier. I got to a point where I'm not interested in hiding something from myself. So I would rather be in the burning fire of truth, which truth in a positive way, both love and truth burn. They just burn whatever's obsolete, not real, not in alignment, not essential, you know? So it's a negative, positive thing. I got to the point where I understood that experientially so much that I'm like, truth, I'm not interested in hiding to you. So it's so hiding from you. So I felt I'm a lover of truth. I love truth, but the frequency or the truth is in perfect, uh, it's a perfect ground for clarity because the truth burns away confusion illusions and that which is not real so if you love truth and then the practice of loving truth would be the speaking of your truth even if your voice shakes then truth is always going to be nearby it's like be beaming you know what i mean so it's like uh, my awareness is so heightened and i'm so magnetized towards it i'm like burn me because the only thing it ever burns is some layer of ourselves some protective layer some false layer something some illusion and so yeah, fall in love with truth, speak the truth is the direct action, and speaking your truth, your heart's truth, and I gave several examples of that, or a couple, is a direct action of someone who loves themselves, right? Because if you love yourself, then your heart's truth about anything, your desires, your fears, your needs, whatever, whatever is your truth, the very fact of speaking it is loving it, is loving yourself. And so, like I said before, self-love can be an ethereal concept, but in terms of you know, things that can accelerate that, if you're just willing to have the courage enough to do them, speaking your truth is one of them. And, and like, it's kind of like public speaking, you know? It gets easier and easier. And it gets easier and easier because there's less and less resistance to it. So if you have a lot of resistance backed up, it might feel like this overwhelming thing where you're gonna experience all this pain, but that's just a feeling though. Mm. And, and to be clear, something I would separate and I will have time to go into eventually, which we can do a whole separate episode on this, is the shadow side of speaking your truth. Right, which that's is, why I said your heart's truth. Mm, yeah, so the, the loving truth and like explaining right. the why of your truth. Yeah, y you know, it's like, when you're speaking your heart's truth, then it's infused with compassion and wisdom. Mm. Right? Beautiful. So speaking our truth and yes. doing that consistently, that yes. will help us amplify self-love. That'll help you amplify self-love 100%. Self-love, self-respect, which is a flavor of self-love, self-honor, self-trust. Mm. Mm. To the degree that we're speaking our truth and being authentic, that's to the degree that we'll trust ourselves. And to the degree we trust ourselves, that's where we get a momentum on executing on what we want because we are in integrity with ourselves. That, that's part of the feeling of fulfillment. So yeah, speaking, speaking your truth is one of those things. And being vulnerable, adding, I think that adding vulnerability into the act of speaking your truth is what purifies your truth. And it's not the truth is beating someone over the head, trying to change somebody. Like I said, back in my relationship, initially I was, I was discerning some truth, but then it kind of got hijacked by the self. And it was like, oh, you need to hear this, which then it was coming across as judgment. And that's why when truth, truth, it could be 
fierce, like the fierce penetrating fire of truth, but if it's infused with compassion, wisdom, and love, it won't feel that way. When it feels dirty or gritty or grabby, it's because the truth that's in the heart, and you literally might be actually intuiting you know, the truth, it's been hijacked by the ego structure, which has its own agenda. You know, it's in protection. And so if you're in protection and you have a truth, but you also have this layer of protection, then when you speak that truth, even if it's true, then it's gonna feel icky mm -hmm. to whoever you're speaking it to because this little thing has an agenda. It wants something, validation, protection, and that's when truth, you know, <laughs> the fire of truth <laughs> burns in a sense, in a, in a more negative way, like, ouch, that burned. Otherwise, the uncomfortability that just comes from being in vulnerability, that burning is the burning that you want. Okay, so speaking our heart's truth yes. is number one. Are there other things that we can do on a regular basis? Yes, 100%. So realizing that everything that we, the experience we're having of our life and our reality comes down to how we feel. Most people know that, right? The quality of our life, the visceral, actual experience of when we, we talk about how, you know, how much we love our life, it all comes down to how we feel. And so prioritizing feeling is something that you can now strategically prioritize and put into your schedule. So that's like meditation, self-care practice, um, you know, going deeper into that for me, prioritizing joy is a new one in the last couple of years, right? Um, prioritizing presence. You know, I heard a, a quote years ago, I think it was like, if I had an hour to chop down a tree, I'd spend 45 minutes sharpening my ax. And I like this quote, especially for entrepreneurs, because, you know, chopping trees is metaphoric to like giving your gift in the world and running your business, right? It's like, I'm, I got all these things to do. I realized the link between my self-care and my productivity, right? And what helped me realize that initially is that, you know, I love inspiration, for example. I love to feel inspired and it helps me to be a high level creator. It helps me to do my work in the world. It helps me. And the truth is I love being inspired because I love being me. I love being tuned into spirit. That is fulfilling to me. Does that make sense? And so inspiration is something that I will prioritize, right? And I've linked it to all the other areas of my life. I've linked, I've linked, this is what I've done. I've linked these things all the way around so that to execute on the strat or the prioritization or the ritual or whatever, I have all of these connection points of value. So I prioritize things like inspiration and joy. So then I, then I can reverse engineer that and be like, okay, well, if inspiration and joy feels good and I value and love myself, you know, and it also helps me in my business and my relationships with my, all these different things. Like I got all these value points connected. So then I'm like, I'm going to prioritize it. So then I can be like, well, what can I do to cultivate these things? So now I don't just have the doing like, oh, I'm gonna meditate, which is amazing. You know, meditation, I'll list some of those things here in a second. But now I'm not just doing the thing. I'm not having to expend as much willpower effort to try to get myself to do, because often when we're having to expend more discipline or effort to do it, and we're disciplined and we're not quite at commitment or devotion, which are, is where it becomes more effortless, is because we have not linked it in our, experientially linked it in our values. And so there's still separation. It's like, I don't know if I have the time to meditate because I'm trying to be productive and there's, you know, I've got a 10 hour day and I, ah, 
But if you start prioritizing these things, not just because they're gonna help you be more productive, but because you value feeling, because hello, that's everything. Like how you feel is the quality of your life. If you value feeling good, then prioritize, I've prioritized that essentially above everything. Which interestingly enough, the more I have valued how I feel and then these self-care actions like meditation, you know, taking time to commune just with my soul, you know, unplugging, going to the spa, eating amazing food. The interesting thing is the more I prioritize that, the less of less time I actually need for myself. Mm. It's interesting. It, it's like, it's like, it's like a ripple effect. It's like it, it, cause I have more space, right? And the more space and bandwidth that I have, the more efficient I am, the more productive I am, the more creative I am, the more everything. So I'm like, well, what are the things, you know? So I'm, I'm answering your question from two ends, the, the literal things to do, which I'm, I can slow down on that. And how do I actually get myself to do them and move from discipline to commitment to devotion because discipline is like okay there's an inertia there still it's like i i know these things i know when i meditate i know when i eat good food and i it, it feels good and it helps me but you know there's still this separation happening but ah i i i still perceive i'm gonna lose time over here i'm gonna, i'm losing something over here, so i'm gonna have to discipline myself to do it and to create the habit but then eventually it, it's just like that turns into commitment it's like oh this i'm just doing it you know, and then eventually, which is where I would say I'm at, is with self-care is devotion. So it's not even it's not even something I have to effort to discipline on myself. If I realize that, you know, my bandwidth, my tank is already is now depleted and it's siphoning energy, I'm like, stop the presses. There's no negotiation there. And whatever that looks like, whether it looks like taking an hour, taking a vacation, my self-care game is I'm devoted to it. And I, I really wanna emphasize that I'm doing it, but I'm not just doing it, I'm devoted to it, which means I've given my free will to it. I'm like, it's happening. It is an utmost priority for all of the reasons, right? And so it's become a habit. Because at the end of the day, what's gonna get us to do the thing? That's the emotion, it's the energy in motion. What, what's gonna get us into action? I love to help people awaken or free the the trapped energy that results in it just being more effortless to do the thing mm. you know i love doing that just as much as like just do it and then you'll create the space you'll 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 defeat the inertia and then you'll just be in the habit of doing it i like playing in that realm but it's a smaller percentage i like to like unlock explode and it's like whew, and then you can't stop yourself from doing it you know and then link it in your brain and in your body and your you know to where it's like, ooh, yeah, this is fun. The most, most recent one that, I, that I've done um, is uh, when it comes to like organizational structures and a stronger foundation, like in my business, like all like, like root chakra stuff. I mean, I'm doing very well with it, but another layer of that was brought to my attention and an opportunity to, to, to ground in even deeper my foundation. And that's, that's things like organization or accounting or with my taxes or just like health just the little things that I haven't been that inspired to do and that took a level of discipline for me to do I really per this me being able to give more in the world and to be more in the world and to feel 
even better in my home, right? I made the connection, which amplified the desire that, wow, I really need to step up my game in this area. And what helped me do that though, to execute it, like I could just like, just start doing it. I was like, okay, I did just start doing it, but it was still taking discipline. But what I needed to do was connect my heart more and my spirit more to get my spirit and my heart fully online with it. So it's not just something I'm doing. And so would you say what you're explaining is how you had that 100% conversation with yourself? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's just like, and it, it helps in having that conversation to not have not get lost in judgment. Cause as soon as you say I should, then you're not in the depth of the conversation. It's like, it's okay. Just, just be truthful with me. And I was like, and then I realized I was like, Oh, when it comes to speaking and coaching and you know, working out and all these other areas of my life, I could feel my, my full action in it, my full spirit in it and my full heart. And then when I looked at this area, and I, and I also connected like, wow, this is really going to be important for me if I want to give more to the world and feel even better in my home, in my structure, and not feeling any kind of tension or stress and have all of my affairs, you know, in impeccable order, just as impeccable as these. I'm like, ooh, I want that. So I was like, I saw the value in that. And then I felt the love in it. I was like, oh, I love that. Oh, that's, that's part of my own self-love is giving that to myself. So then it's like, then my heart came online, which then opened up my spirit. And then I was like, now I was like, now I'm inspired to do this. You see? And that's what moves it out of discipline of like, Oh, cutting through the inertia. Oh, let me get myself to whatever, call the DMV and like research this thing or whatever. And here's another thing I found in that, that, that was a part of my process. I was like, yeah, but I know I don't have to do anything. Meaning I, I that's not the truth. Like I could delegate it. I could get, but then I realized, even getting someone to do it for me or attracting or manifesting or delegating it, because I started doing that in certain areas, I'm like, it doesn't have all of me in it because I have not fully loved it. And my, so my presence and my love is not fully in it. So it was a kind of resistance. So it was a, it was a separation. So if, if we then try to get someone to do something, cause that I, I was just wrestling with it. I'm like, I'm talking to myself, I was like, yeah, but it's not like I have to do all these things personally. People could help me, but, but I was like, oh, but even for them to me, the manifest people helping me, my heart still has to be open and clear and transmitting what I need help on. And so if I'm resisting any part of hiding any part of that for myself, then how am I going to even get someone to even help me with that? So that's when I realized that, oh, my heart is not fully on board with this and my therefore my spirit's not and that's why i'm not enthused and so but i did start with the basics which is just like oh i found 10 foundational things i'm like let me tighten these things up and just on the action of doing them and i started creating a little momentum but i was like oh this is what it feels like to operate on a level of discipline you know like oh or to overcome procrastination and i was like okay i'd rather explode and obliterate procrastination I'm like how do i do that get my heart on board, get my spirit on board and my body and have them all on the same team. And I'm like, now I feel unstoppable. I'm like, that's how I want to feel in expanding my foundation. Cause I'm like, that's how I feel here, 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 and here. So why would I not feel that way over here? And I realized I hadn't given myself the full opportunity to do that or even to elicit the support, whether the support is knowledge or something. That's why 
uh, when you when my girl asked me earlier about my self-love, one of you guys asked me, this for me is a manifestation of my own self-love because I'm like, I've done podcasts and shoots and stuff like that, but this feels so good to me and I'm radiant clearly. I'm like, I love the fact that, you know, the sound, everything's being taken care of for me. So I'm having that experience. Yes, I'm on your podcast, but this is still a manifestation in my world of something that I'm like, oh, that would feel so good to me, right? So let me ask you the last question um, because you have just thrown down like fire, <laughs> literal fire this whole time. If and when people fall in love with you who see this, mm. how can they support you? Where can they go? How do they find you? How do they work with you? How do they support? I'm very active on Instagram at Oren Harris and I post content on there daily. Um, you know, written content, uh, my Instagram live, my Instagram TV, I've got my Osho episodes, and that really is kind of more inside look into how I'm experiencing, what I'm exploring, um, and that's really juicy. I'm, my website is Oren Harris, which is O-R-E-N-H-A-R-R-I-S, orenharris.com. Uh, I'm Oren Harris on Facebook. Those are the main platforms, and I, one of the things in terms of like uh, in addition to the free content that I have, my O Academy, I just started that. I put my heart and soul into that. I've got exclusive content and, and really amazing support for people that are joining me in that. And I really love that because it's a way to receive a ton of value. But because of the model of it, I can have it at a very low price point. So that feels really good. Um, and that can even be found on my website. But that's the O Academy. And I'm a coach. I'm a coach to leaders and high performers and visionaries and genuine artists and people that are genuinely devoted to having the highest impact, living their highest potential as their authentic self, which really is, is where kind of self-realization or awakening meets and unites with self-actualization and living one's highest potential. And so um, I do have a couple of client spots open. I, uh, I'm starting, uh, I've got a mastermind called The Circle, and then the the newest, biggest thing that I've created is a mastery apprenticeship, and that's a year-long program for somebody who's resonating with me on all of the levels, who wants to like really dive in with me on the most intimate and most advanced, for lack of a better word, level. Um, Amazing. Yeah, man. That's awesome. We'll yes. talk about that. Yes. Well, thank you for coming today. I'm so stoked for people to see this. And like, I couldn't have imagined a better person to represent just self-love and self-care and, and to teach all these different things and share your stories. So thank you so yeah. much for coming in. Thank you, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I, I'm, I'm honored that you, you know, that you invited me. And it, it made me smile that you invited me specifically on this topic because it's like, I was like, hmm. How did you know? I don't even know how much knowledge I have to share in this until we really sit down. But I was like, oh, that's very uh, perceptive of you to invite me on that, you know, in this particular category. So I was like, that made me smile. And I was like, oh, yeah, my self-care game is like A++. It's so A+, that I don't even consider it a self-care game. It's just like it's at that non-negotiable status. That's why I always have so much space available is because... And, and I don't have to be militant or diligent about it because I've had so much devotion in it 
and, and prioritize it by virtue of action, not saying I'm gonna prioritize it, it's created so much space. And as I said, ironically, it's also why I don't, I can give so much for so long and have so much bandwidth and go for so long without running out. I was like, it's kind of a paradox there. It's like the more I've done that, the more efficient I've become, the less I actually even have to focus on myself. But that's because I prioritize it though. So I say that also to, uh, you know, those people out there like myself that are heart-centered and are givers and are like, man, I really need to give. I really need to fulfill my mission. I don't have the time or the, I can't, I don't need to be focusing on myself. That if you could see like the ability to receive massively enhances your capacity to give. And, and it's, it's like, it's actually selfish. It seems selfless, like, oh, let me forget about myself and let me just serve the world. I'll be selfless. It's actually selfish if we resist self-care and self-love and people giving to us. It's, it's selfish because it's coming from the self going, oh, no, 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 not me. You know, there's this, can I riff on this for a second? Yeah. There's this version of selfish, which is the obvious arrogant, look at me, look at me, I'm important, I'm more important, right? That's putting yourself on a pedestal. The more covert, hidden shadow side of it is, don't look at me. Oh, I'm just a giver. It's not about me. Like, I'm just here to give to the people. Hey, it's not about me. Who's saying it's not about me? Anything that you're negating and blocking off the channel of the flow of abundance and the flow of love, just being able to flow, which means it has to fully include you, is actually not selfless. It's selfish. Because you have to, it's the self, it's the ego going, not me. It's not spirit going, not me. Because in the flow of love, which is the flow of abundance, there's no restriction. There's no withholding on giving, nor there's no blocking of receiving. That's actually selfless. And that's, that's a whole other rabbit hole of like, what I found is the deeper you go into self-love and loving all aspects of the self, meaning like the personality structure, the emotion, everything, the more, the more the self actually disappears and there's only love. All right. So, <laughs> anyway, if I can drop convince, a bomb right oh, there, it's so good. good. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh, and then there's this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole separate segment to itself. Yeah. Yeah. It. Self love at its core is just love. And that's, that's a revelation that we have. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm hoping that by peer pressuring Oren while the cameras are still rolling to record a meditation today, like, would you guys be interested in like a 10 or 15 mm -hmm. minute guided walkthrough with Oren explaining maybe how to cultivate some self-care and some self-love that you can do on a regular basis. Would you be interested in doing that? Uh, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's I'm, go I'm, I'm game.